0: Ditch the clowns on the left and the
2: jokers on the right
0: and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle.
2: This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds.
0: Is it time to
3: rethink run hide, run, hide, fight? Is it time to rethink run, hide, fight? Run, hide, fight, it's been the guiding principle. Says Juliet Kayyem, in my profession, security for decades, running is preferred, hiding if it is the only response possible, fighting if there's no other choice. The motto describes the active shooter response training that has emerged for populations as diverse as high school students, office workers and those who are out partying on a Saturday night. No active shooter situation is the same, so it isn't hard and fast as a rule. Younger children, for instance, are subject to controversial lockdown training instead. Now, Juliet Kayam is rethinking whether this is the appropriate advice in the aftermath of this horrific shooting incident in a Colorado club, where now Richard Firo is being hailed as a hero. From the front page of today's New York Times, Richard M. Firo was at a table in Club Q with his wife, daughter, and friends on Saturday watching a drag show. When the sudden flash of gunfire ripped across the nightclub, his instincts from four combat deployments as an army officer in Iraq and Afghanistan kicked in as he discussed and described to CNN's John Berman.
4: And then started to, uh, well, actually, I think I went for his gun with him. His rifle flew in front of him um, and the young man that tried to jump in there with me. Um, he, he. we both either pulled him down or whatever, but he ended up at his head uh, and right next to the AR. And then with the AR, he, we, I told him, push the AR, get the AR away from him. The kid pushed the AR. I, I don't know what his name was. Um, and then I, I proceeded to take his other weapon, the pistol, and then just start hitting him at where I could. But the armor's in the way. And I just started, I found a crease in his, between his, his armor and his head, and I just started wailing away. Uh, with his gun, um, and then I told the kid in front of me, "Kick him, keep kicking him." And we were—I was—I was, I was guiding people, I was telling people, "Call nine one one, call 911. I brought him down. I—I—I I, <laughs> I was in mode. I was—I was doing what I did. I do downrange, you know. I train—I trained for this. I don't want to ever do this. I—I I didn't even retire because I was just—I was done doing this stuff. It was too much, and uh, I—I'm. You know, it came in handy, and, and I got to protect my, my kid. I lost my kid's boyfriend. I tried. I tried to have everybody in there. I still feel bad that there's five people that, <laughs> there's five people that didn't come home. And this This guy, I told him while I was eating him, I said, I'm going to kill you, man, because you tried to kill my friends. My family was in there. What an
3: unbelievable story. By by the way, the fight with the gunman left him covered with blood. When the police arrive, officers tackle him. Obviously, you know, they don't know what's going on. They put him in handcuffs, held him in a police car for more than an hour as he screamed and pleaded to be let go so that he could see what had happened to his family. Richard M. Firo, watching a drag show with his family, intervenes and stops short what could have been an even more horrific scene In Colorado Springs. Uh, Gang, I made reference to Juliet Kayam's piece in The Atlantic. It was posted at smirconish.com a day or two ago, rethinking run, hide, fight. She's currently the Robert and Renee Belfort Senior Lecturer and Faculty Chair of the Homeland Security. And security and global health projects at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government. She's a security analyst, national security analyst for CNN. Her most recent book is The Devil Never Sleeps Learning to Live in an Age of Disasters, and served as President Obama's Assistant Secretary for Intergovernmental Affairs at the Department of Homeland Security. Nice to have back on the program Juliet Kayam. Juliet, I just ran a, a two or three minute clip of the guy who did get involved and stop the gunman short. It's an unbelievable tale that he tells. Um, I don't know that we all have it in us. So with regard to rethinking run, hide, fight, what are your thoughts?
1: So first of all, thank you for having me. And, you know, this was not an easy uh, column to write because we all grow up in our professions, right, that we have these ways of thinking and run, fight is uh, a lesson, you know, it's in our, it's it's in security professionals' bloodstream in terms of what you would advise populations who find themselves in the middle of um uh or you know it, uh, of a, of an active shooter i want to be clear this is not the general guidance for younger children so most pe- a lot of people listening will know that lockdowns is actually uh uh what is preferred for younger children who simply don't wouldn't be able to run but we certainly find ourselves with uh, with more evidence uh that in these confined spaces um, uh, where uh, running is really not a possibility, hiding, if you look at the club, uh, was almost impossible, that fighting, which used to be the sort of last thing, right? We always fight if you must, right? But run if you can, right? And this is the advice we, we tell, uh, that fighting has proved successful. Not everyone has it in them, but certainly you don't want to, dismiss the possibility that this is a way to minimize the harm. And the reason why is because these weapons are killing so fast. So if I look at what happened in Colorado, I'm looking at a a shooting that began that had five people dead and over a dozen with bullet wounds within two minutes. That's basically the timeline that we can decipher. You're not, no, no law enforcement entity is going to be able to respond in time. So it's just, you know, basically a consideration that 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 um, that people do that that in these cases, there is a way to minimize the harm. Not everyone has it in them. Certainly the fact that this amazing guy uh, had military training helped. But I also love the added piece that it was the drag queen in her heels uh, that kicked the living daylights out of this guy.
3: You write during the 1999 Columbine High School massacre, 10 of the 12 murdered students perished inside the school library, a room where they believed they could hide safely. In the years that followed, run, hide, fight emerged as sort of a dismal new take on stop, drop and roll. But fighting or engaging with the assailant was never really taken seriously. The British, with fewer armed civilians than the U.S., but with significant domestic terror threats, even dropped the fight from their training and simply urge, run, hide, tell. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a whole uh, history to run, hide, fight. It really, it, it actually comes from the Israelis, uh, 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 but then um, uh, gets transferred to the U.S. setting in the in the at the beginnings of the mass shooting, in particular, in schools. So Columbine is an example in which. Of course, um, uh, you become a sitting doc uh, if you don't run, which is what happened to those poor children in the in the school library. Uh, they were told to go to the library. Once the killers get there, they really don't have much that they can do uh, to protect themselves. Uh, this is repeated uh, in the dismal world that I live in, in these case studies In at, at Pulse. Pulse, a bunch of the patrons, Pulse Nightclub in, in Florida, also a gay nightclub. Uh, a bunch of the patrons went into the bathroom, uh, whether they couldn't get out of the building or they just, you know, who knows how people act in those situations. And that was where most of the killings happened as well. So you really don't want to get isolated. So that's why running becomes and, and I believe still becomes if, if 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 you're far enough away becomes the most uh, 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 the the best action. Some people do freeze in these situations, we know. Uh, So we we, one of the reasons why we say run is because uh, you need to overcome the sort of frozen uh, tenancy. The British then retranslated it in the most British of ways. And instead of fighting, they replace it with telling tell law enforcement. But as I said earlier, whether it's horrible law enforcement, as we saw in Uvalde, but certainly uh, even the best of law enforcement isn't going to get there uh, as fast as you as fast as we as we want
3: and Juliet, it's not just Richard Firo. In the Atlantic piece, you talk about Riley Howell, 21, died during yeah. a shooting on campus at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte in 2019 as he charged the suspect and successfully ended the incident. Just a few weeks later, Kendrick Castillo was killed in Colorado while lunging at a shooter, his classmate allowing for their other classmates to exit the room or hide. And earlier this year, the massacre ended when Elijah Dickin, 22, pulled out a handgun and killed the shooter who had already claimed three victims. So there've been a number of other heroes many of whom have paid with their own mm-hmm. lives who have who have gotten involved. So what are we saying that we need to rethink run hide fight in certain circumstances not those yes. as you made clear involving children.
1: No, exactly. And so when you think about mass when you think about settings in which there is confinement and there's no running there is there is a growing I mean look I'm just looking at the anecdotes I'm trying to be open about this I know how difficult it is I don't want a culture in which guns are you know going back and forth I'm not for army teachers because I actually think that the consequences of that would be much worse um, uh, than alternatives uh, um, and obviously you know I am a Uh, a strong proponent of responsible gun control because I don't think some of these weapons should be available to, uh, 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 to um, citizens and the AR. I think this is, I think Colorado is an instance of AR. So what I am saying is instead of doing prioritization, run, run if you can hide, if you must, or hide, hide if if there's no alternative and then fight if you must uh, that we, that fighting becomes, uh, an alternative, uh, and if you think about people who are confined, they ought to know that they really can minimize the risk. They don't have to turn their backs. This is really hard to admit. I am uh, this was, as I said, not an easy article to write, but I do think that given the pace by which these killings are occurring, the idea that we can get law enforcement in in time is just is is just too often belied by the facts. Even even the best mass shooting responses, you're still talking two to three minutes with multiple fatalities, as we've seen in Buffalo. Buffalo was Buffalo was almost perfect. The Buffalo su- supermarket, the law enforcement's there, the guy gets um, uh, 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 the, uh, the guy can no longer kill, and still you have. And I apologize, I don't have the number in front of me, but uh, more than four people, I think, perished there. Four,
3: five. You, re- you report that, according to the FBI, nearly 70 percent of all active shooter incidents end before police arrive. Nearly 37 percent of them end in two minutes or less in the United States were vulnerable to gun violence at any moment. I remember looking at the data recently about how, how often do we see a good guy with a gun interrupting a situation? And the answer is not all that often. Oftentimes these yeah. these individuals off themselves... Uh, or they flee before the police even arrive.
1: That's exactly right. And, and I want to, you know, the, all of this always becomes a gun discussion. And in, in my research for the piece, uh, the only one of the only instances in which I, you could see, you know, a good guy with a gun taking down a bad guy with a gun was that Indiana shopping mall case, which, of course, was an amazing shot. Uh, the the guy had his handgun and and took down someone who clearly wanted a mass killing in these other instances it is unarmed civilians Um, there's no evidence suggests that arming more people would make us safer we certainly know by the numbers in the united states that uh, which is a heavily armed society that uh, gun violence is not lower than other countries it's actually higher Uh, but it is it is In terms of the training, you know, think about a university setting, think about um, uh, employers who have active shooter training for their uh, employees. We really have to think seriously about if there's if there's uh, if running is not an option, it's still the best option what do we want to tell people and how do we want them to think about what engagement would look like, even if you're not armed. Um, and in some of these, you know, look, eight people against an armed person ends up being successful in this case in Colorado, it was one. Uh, and I have gotten, I was very nervous about this column on the, on the personal side, you know, my politics, I'm pretty progressive. I'm for responsible gun control. Uh, and I was amazed how many people responsible, and law enforcement and the FBI have have come to this conclusion as well, that they are very dependent on their citizenry also because they know they can't get there in time. They all want these guns off <laughs> off the streets. But uh, in the alternative, when you're thinking about ways of training populations, that that's beginning to this is beginning to be talked about openly.
3: Juliet, that was great. Thank you for allowing me to intrude on your day. The piece was very provocative.
1: Thank you very much. Well, nice to talk to you again, and happy Thanksgiving happy to you fi- and
3: all. And to you. Thank you, Juliet. Juliet Kayam, ladies and gentlemen, currently the uh, Robert and Renee Belfer Senior Lecturer and Faculty Chair of Homeland Security and Security of Global Health Projects at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government. One more paragraph from her piece, which, by the way, right now is in my Twitter feed, and then we'll open the telephone lines and, and uh, discuss this a little bit. Shootings like the one last night, she wrote this in the aftermath, at Club Q, add to a sense neither conclusive nor absolute that fighting is indeed a viable option to stop a massacre in progress. If we are able to be guided by facts and consider our safety training based on the available evidence, then we need to further assess whether in an age when so much damage can be done so quickly by guns that should not be on the street, run, hide, fight is still the correct public messaging. With killers having the capacity to end the lives of so many people so fast, neither running nor hiding may be the first best option. It is our reality. I don't love it. I don't even like it. And then the statistic that I referenced when she was still on the line with me: according to the FBI, nearly 70 percent of all active shooter incidents end before police arrive. Nearly 37 percent of them end in two minutes or less. In the United States, we are vulnerable to gun violence at any moment. What do you think? Or are we now looking at the example of Richard Firo, who is an extraordinary individual? who in that moment, I don't think any of us know until we're so challenged whether we've got, I have no idea whether I could have done anything like he did. You wouldn't know until you're in that circumstance. Do you think it makes sense for us to rethink, run, hide, fight, not with the kids, but with adults who are capable and instead, frankly, less emphasis on running and hiding and a lot more emphasis on fighting? Or would that be the incorrect assessment because this guy is unlike the rest of us?
2: This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM.
3: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Smirconish, NetSuite.com slash Smirconish, NetSuite.com slash Smirconish.
2: Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS Sirius XM channel one twenty four and on the SXM app.
4: Yeah, but it, it lives in you. If you actually do this stuff, it's in you. I, 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 I was proud to be a soldier. I don't. I don't like these guys running around here doing GI Joe stuff, and and they're not. I'm not a GI Joe. I'm just a normal guy, man. I, I, I'm protecting my family, and I reached up and I and I, and I and I did what I had to do. And, and, and honestly, I don't, I don't care about myself in, in that moment. I cared about everybody that was around me, and I cared especially about my family.
3: Joby Warwick, who has been a guest on the program from The Washington Post, leading a five-person byline. Right now under the headline, LGBTQ club shooting suspects troubled past was obscured by a name change record show. Years before he allegedly walked into a Colorado LGBTQ bar with an assault-style rifle, the man now known as Anderson Lee Aldrich had a different name and a tumultuous past. Until age 15, he was known as Nicholas Brink. Living in San Antonio, public records show his parents separated when he was a toddler. When he was 12, his mother was arrested for suspected arson, according to court documents. She was later found guilty at age 15. He became the target of a particularly vicious bout of online bullying in which insulting accusations were posted to a website along with his name photos. And an online alias, according to a review of the site by The Washington Post, at some point, a YouTube account was created under his name featuring a crude, profanity-laden animation under the title Asian Homosexual Gets Molested. For unstated reasons, just before his 16th birthday, the young man petitioned a Texas court with two of his grandparents' names on the document to legally change his entire name. His mother's name did not appear on the petition. There's much more to it, but check that out. Uh, Lauren in Florida, checking in on this incident and whether it makes us rethink the way that we've advised our kids and the citizenry in terms of run-hide fight. Uh, Actually, this is Terry in Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, Terry. Thoughts on this issue?
6: Um, Hi, Michael. Yes, I teach martial arts, my husband and I, And we teach children self-defense, of course, and we kind of go by the run, hide, fight thing because I would never want children to fight in a situation like that. But when we teach adults self-defense, we teach them to be um, proactive and not to wait because if you wait, you lose precious seconds. In any kind of self-defense, you only have about a half a second to react. And even if it's a gun, whatever, if you're in a close situation, you can't just do nothing. And that's but if, I, must but if, I'm, adults.
3: if I'm coming, if I'm coming to you by definition, I'm learning how to fight. Right. So I'm not I'm not exactly. coming to you to learn how to run and hide.
6: Exactly. And that's why they're there. They don't want to run and hide.
3: They want to, the the ones, okay, so those who come to you for training, do they have something within them that you can see, that you can understand, you can discern, this is a fighter?
6: No, sometimes they come because they need some confidence, some self-confidence, and they don't feel equipped at all. Some people come in and they're obviously fighters, but I teach a lot of women self-defense. Right. And women are not the first group you would think, but they are the most, proactive about i need some help and i need to get in here and learn some some information and they'll ask me in a class when i think about my life
3: when i think about being a kid when i think about being a teenager there were some guys who like to fight you know there are some among us who have who have in them that instinct that i don't have that most of us i think don't have but some among us they do we just hope that they channel it for a for a good purpose Bob, you're in South Carolina. What thoughts do you have?
7: Michael, I'm an occupational safety professional, and, and there is a modified version of run, hide, and fight that's now taught. It's referred to as avoid, deny, defend. Texas State University did a really uh, wonderful video. But well, wonderful is the wrong adjective. A, a, an excellent video. Um, on that program avoid deny defend and it's it's on YouTube and and safety professionals generally use this because the, especially the hide part of the run hide fight has been really really tragic what does and, deny uh,
3: mean so what does i know what avoid means what does deny, deny mean a good example is the virginia tech
7: uh, tragedy from some years ago when a when a a crazed shooter went into some of the classrooms and um uh, and and some of the professors heard it heard the gunshots and and piled up desk at the door and uh and so they couldn't get in those those particular classrooms deny that shooter any way you can uh whether it's getting uh behind uh furniture and desk and doors locked doors whatever uh uh avoid is is a modified version of run that's that's always the first option to get out of dodge get away from the situation but in many instances that's that's just not possible as as you've talked about and as your speaker has talked
6: about
3: every every one of these situations uh, is different it's hard to have a it's difficult to have a hard and fast rule that applies across the board i don't think you can do that
7: yeah, the the only hard fast rule that they teach now is situational awareness and and being aware of your circumstances all the yep. time. That 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 sadly these these nut jobs are out there, and and you've got to have a plan in your head. And and when you do have that plan, it, it really jumps into action at, at 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 a moment's notice. But uh, but excellent speaker. But avoid deny defend, and and I encourage some of those folks that are really interested in this topic to to look at the video on YouTube. It's, it's
3: quite well done. I'm, I'm going to do it. Good tip. Thank you for that, Bob. I appreciate it. More phone calls in just
2: a moment. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius X.
3: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure ready RAV4. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service Processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish,
5: netsuite.com slash smirconish.
2: Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app.
3: Hey, so we're saluting Richard Firo, really a hero, veteran in combat mode, brought down a gunman in Colorado Springs at Club Q. Liberal Paul weighing in on all this. Liberal Paul, is it time to rethink the run, hide, fight?
8: You know, Mike, you know when they're not having the conversation about run, hide, fight, Everywhere else in the civilized world, we're the only country that lives like this. We're the only place where you have to have, uh, you know, a discussion as to whether we're going to avoid, deny, defend or run, hide and fight. I have an idea and call me crazy. Why don't we call it ban, check and prevent and make it illegal for people under 25 to buy these things? You, You know, we're having the wrong conversation. Every mass shooting, everyone, Highland Park. Uvalde, University of Virginia, Buffalo, it all involves some guy in his early 20s or late teens using an AR-15, but we can't even muster the political will to ban the sale of AR-15s to people under 25. You would have stopped every single one of these crimes if you made it illegal for someone under 25 to buy the guns these guys are mentally ill they're not going to figure out how to buy them on the black market they know you can just walk into the local dick sporting goods or wherever they get them and pick up a gun you know i can't can't argue with it
3: 69 cannot argue with What's it that? he's 22 i said i cannot argue with what you're saying he's 22 years old and we've seen this movie countless times before Right,
8: we and we've always had this healthy preoccupation with guns in the United States, but I'll tell you, and I'm an old man, so I look at this from the perspective of of an older person, and this is getting really weird in this country. We have morphed from gun advocacy to gun worship. Did you see Blake Masters' this commercial for Blake Masters, where he's basically fondling a Walther PPK, and 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 you know, it's it's almost like he was having a, a, a an unhealthy relationship with the thing. And that's what people who are running for Senate are broadcasting. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, I here, hear you. and here's the real problem. We are never getting this genie back in the bottle every time more guns no. get sold because, you know, the, my Christian pals out there are more worried about the babies that are being aborted and they're voting for guys who are just flooding the country with guns. All right. Well, OK. Well, son, I I, hey, I'm liberal How Paul and I,
3: I approve this message. Thank you for <laughs> right, that. Paul. Follow me on Twitter. Thank you. Uh, uh, the real liberal Paul. What is he? The real liberal Paul? <laughs> I think so. Uh, I uh, He's right. He's right. I have nothing to add to that. I agree with everything you just said. Luke, you're in Nebraska. What did you most want to say?
9: Well, hey, thanks, Michael, for having me. Uh, I can't disagree with what he just said. Like That's not what I was expecting, but uh, I'm a veteran. I'm a pro-gun guy, uh, but I can't disagree with that. I'm a, I'm a common sense kind of person. I'm for guns in some situations. After Parkland, I said enough is enough. That looked like my school where my kids go. I got put on our school safety advisory council. I've been on that board ever since guns in schools terrible idea like it locked down prevent wait for the police now on the other side on the civilian side i carry concealed and i tell my wife i tell my friends i go to i'm in a gun club where we do a lot of training where we do a lot of scenario training my gun is a shield not a sword it is if we're in a situation like that you're still supposed to run you're still supposed to get away get yourself to safety just if i get stuck i have a shield i get to go on offense right we've done trainings where uh Uh, we use like simulation pistols that shoot like um airsoft style pellets Uh, i was in a restaurant shooting and uh, i shot the bad guy and they said was that a concealed carrier was that the bad guy and i was like oh my god i'm not sure you know after it was all over with um so getting involved in a third party i mean in this instance with a guy running around with an assault rifle inside of a club you'd probably be pretty safe that that's the guy but um, just I brought that up as the point you, that you it's, think
3: it's you, hard you think that a, go ahead. do you think do you think in a situation like like Richard Fiero faced the other night in that club in Colorado Springs, you'd have been able to do likewise. Oh, yeah,
9: no, I would. He, absolutely. But you also got to think the policies and, and the person you just had on that, the reporter, they always overlook the good guy with the gun stories because they never get reported on. She forgot about the church in Texas where the good guy with the gun I mean, their stories, they're hard to find. What we're doing with these gun-free zones in Colorado, the, uh, the mall shooter, I can't remember his name, he drove past the couple that allowed concealed carry to go to the one where it, there, isn't, there wasn't concealed carry allowed. So I think I would have, but uh, like I said, what I'm carrying around every day, it's a shield, not a sword, and a part of the fight should be to eliminate, in, in the civilian, like uh, not, not in a school, eliminate these gun-free zones so that somebody like me that is trained, that has a defensive tool on them, could use it.
6: Yeah,
3: I don't know, Luke, because if, if we drop that sh- if we drop that gun-free zone protection so that you're able to be there, I'm, I'm not worried about Luke in Nebraska, but I am worried about somebody else who's now going to have the opportunity to do that.
9: Well, these criminals are criminals for a reason, because they don't follow laws. So you, they're doing it regardless. Like, those people yeah. are still doing it. To think that only the illegal people had guns in there that night, are is false unless you are checking every single person. I get it. Criminals are going to break we're, the law. Right.
3: Yeah, we don't have to worry about the guy who's who's going to let you know that he's carrying. Thank you for that. Luke references a good guy with a gun. Um it was the Advanced Law Enforcement Rapid Response Training Center at Texas State University that took a look at how often is there a good guy with a gun, stopping a bad guy with a gun. This was in June, and we talked about it extensively. The New York Times wrote it up and had this, this graphic. This uh, I'm looking at it now. There were 433 active shooting attacks that they examined over a two-decade time period. In 249 of them, they ended before police arrived. In 184 the attacks ended after the police arrived okay 249 before the cops get there 184 after the police arrived and then it it continues on and tells you you know in category so what happened in this circumstance the summary because i i also did it on cnn and i summarized all the data before i introduced a guest this is what i said in one paragraph let's walk through the slide 433 active shooters in two decades 249 attacks ended before police arrived. In 185 of those, the attacker left the scene or committed suicide. 249 attacks that end before the cops arrive. In 185 of the 249, most of them, the attacker left the scene or committed suicide. That leaves 64 cases. 42 times the shooter was subdued by bystanders, standards, meaning in a fight. In 22 cases, was shot by a bystander. Twelve of those were citizens. The others were related to law enforcement, but not part of a police response. Okay, sum it up, Michael. What's the bottom line? The bottom line is, in only 12 of 249 that ended before police arrived, was it because of a good guy with a gun? In only 12 of 249 that ended before police arrived, it was because of a good guy with a gun. Now, I, I, I remember talking about this on television, and one of the responses from people who believed... In more of an armed citizenry was to say, well, Michael, the conclusion clearly is more people need guns. Not enough people had guns in close proximity to those shooters.
2: Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.
0: Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app.
2: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.
0: Michael Smirkanish for independent minds.